0: singing and entertaining the presence of the Lord and uh, I don't know about you but sometimes when as expression goes when you're in the mully grubs you can begin to sing a song of praise and worship unto amen God and all of a sudden you begin to feel your spirit shift and feel your spirit begin to change amen and I, I don't know how you feel tonight but I don't like to be in the mully grubs. I like the mountaintops. I know we'll experience the valleys, but as long as I know that he's with me, amen. And I know that he's been better than good to me. Praise God. John, the 14th chapter, verse 6, scripture here, as well as Matthew 5 and verse 14. Amen. Praise God, we talked last week about the purpose of the cities of refuge and why they were implemented, created, and out of the 48 Levitical cities, they chose six cities to be cities of refuge that uh, somebody could run to uh, and be saved and uh, not be worried about the, uh, the one that would like to take their life because of an inadvertent or something, accidental killing of a family. And uh, the blood avenger would come after them. And they placed these six cities in strategical positions that it wouldn't be far for anybody to get to them. And they would plead their case in those cities, and nothing could happen to them until they had a trial, if I might say. Amen. And so we kind of went over the reason and why uh, they were brought about, and uh, the cities of refuge, as tonight I want to kind of bring to our attention or preach a little bit on, uh, they were an emblem of the church as well as Christ. And uh, the Bible talks about the church is set on a hill which cannot be hid. Amen. And the walls of salvation are, and of His righteousness, they stand open day and night, just like the city of refuge to allow somebody to come in. So let me read John 14 and verse 6. The Lord is speaking to uh, Thomas, and He says to Thomas, I am the way, the truth and the life no man cometh to the father but by me over in chapter 5 and verse 14 what does he say about us he says "Ye are the light of the world a city set on a hill that cannot be hid in other words the church is a very important place in the world Amen. Lord God, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your loving kindness. We thank you for your spirit that's present in this place tonight. We thank you for each and every one that's here as they have opened up their heart, opened up their mind, opened up their mouth as they begin to worship you. Amen. You have done what you said you would do. You inhabit the praises of your people. And God, right now for the next little while, if you will touch us, let your word kind of move upon us and that we will receive your word and it would help us along the way and not only help us but in turn end up helping somebody else. Amen. We want your word to be powerful tonight and mighty. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. In the 20th chapter of the book of Joshua and verse 7, it says, So they appointed... Kadesh in Galilee in the mountains of Naphtali. Now the Hebrew word Kadesh means holy, righteous, sanctified. And this particular city was situated on the far northern coast of Canaan near the snowy peaks of Mount Hermon and Lebanon. Its ruins that still stand on a rocky ridge in the midst of Green Hills. Must have been a great town at the time when the warrior uh, Barak who was born within its walls passed through its gates with 900 chariots of iron to meet Caesarea in the plain below. And the the story goes that Barak beat and defeated the armies of Caesarea but his success was not because of his military might or his military skill. Because the fifth chapter of Judges. Clues us in. On why the battle was successful. Not only was the battle. Successful against Sesera, But also Jabin. The king of Canaan as well. And there. It stated that the Lord. Avenged Israel. Through his righteous. Acts. Everybody shout out Righteous. The Apostle Paul testified that despite his pedigree of being a Hebrew from the strict sect of the Pharisees, he had no confidence in his flesh. As touching the righteousness which is in the law, he was blameless. Yet, we find that he willingly suffered the loss of all things. Why? That he might win Christ. In the third chapter Philippians, verse 9, it says, He found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Amen. Christ, the sinless one, died to save you and I from our sins. So when we feel godly sorrow for sin and sincerely repent, He justifies us freely by His grace. He sanctifies us by the word of truth. And He sets us apart as a peculiar people and a holy nation. So when they fled or we flee to Kadesh, and there we abide, what to say? Be ye holy, even as the Lord your God is holy. As a walled city of refuge, Kadesh, and certain defined boundaries. Uh, amen. It had restrictions. And then Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, he outlines some of them, and they apply, I believe, to us today. Amen. First thing he says, we are not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Nor are we to have fellowship with, righteous, with, uh, with uh, righteousness, nor of have human, uh, uh, communion with darkness. Uh, believers are to have no part with an infidel. As the temple of God, we are, no, we are to not have any agreement uh, with idols. And 17 and 18 he says, Wherefore come out from among them, uh, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and not touch the unclean thing. And I will receive you and will be a father unto you. And ye shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. He goes on down in chapter 7 and verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Somebody says, I don't want boundaries. Somebody says, I don't need walls. I don't need a hedge about me. I I can make up my own mind. I'm telling you right here, Kadesh uh, lets us know that there had to be boundaries. Uh, If you didn't want the enemy to destroy you, uh, you had to be able to get inside the walls uh, of that city. Come on, let's all clap our hands and praise him tonight. Why is that important? I'll tell you why. No one can remain in holiness very long who fills their mind with the uncleanness of the world. What you hear, what you see, amen, what you indulge in, amen, you look at the the things that are out there in the world, amen, if that is more, if you're taking more of that in uh, than the things of God, you're going to find yourself in trouble one day. Amen, you need the boundaries of the Word of God. We need the walls of the Word of God. It doesn't mean that we're going to stay here inside these walls, but I'm here to tell you because God's got a mission for the church. We'll talk about that. Amen. If you want to be sheltered within Kadesh, you must live within the gates of righteousness, wherein ungodliness and worldly lust are daily mortified by the agency of the Spirit of God. You can't do it on your own. You can't survive on your own. You can't make it work on your own. You need the Spirit of God dwelling inside of you to help you overcome the things of the world. Oh, hallelujah. Not by your might, not by your power, but it's by His Spirit. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. Praise God. The next city you come to was Shechem. You probably read a little bit about that if you do your Bible reading as well. It lay in the extremity of a valley among the hills of Ephraim. The famous mountains of Ebal and Gezrem rose on either side. And Shechem, they tell us, was probably the most beautiful city in the promised land with its orchards of olive and fig and pomegranate and its many flocks of, of the singing birds that gave it a name that they called Musical Valley. Mention of this city, uh, uh, earliest mention of this city uh, was in the book of Genesis. When Abraham slept under its oaks and built his first altar there, the word signifies shoulder, or strength it expresses the power and readiness to bear burdens you see the ancients uh, had their atlas amen but we uh, have our Jesus they got the world on Atlas's shoulder but Atlas did nothing for the world it was a figment of their imagination. Uh, amen. It was, uh, it was something uh, that, they, uh, that, that, that they looked to uh, and they made up uh, and built or whatever was in their mind at the time. But Atlas can't save you. Atlas can't put you on the right track. Uh, Atlas, uh, amen, can't uh, give you the hope and the peace uh, that you need. Only Jesus Christ can satisfy our souls. So Atlas supposedly was carrying the weight of the earth on his shoulders. Amen. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus is the one that carried the world on his shoulders. Go to Isaiah 53 and 4 and 6. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. It's on his shoulders. He bore it. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But... But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement was of, of, of our peace was upon him. Uh, the Amplified Bible tells it this way. The chastisement, peace and well-being uh, for us was upon him. Uh, or the chastisement, uh, needful to obtain the peace, amen, for us was upon him. And it's by his stripes uh, that we uh, are healed. Verse 6 says, uh, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. I'm here to tell you there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I was listening to a song today, and the song, the gist of the song, amen, was was that Jesus was the only name that mattered, amen. Jesus was the only name that mattered. Nobody else can do it for you. The world's going to uh, is going to down, and and all kinds of problems in the world. If they would turn to Jesus and start praying, I'm telling you, God. could could turn this thing around. Notice, it was while under the weight of the heavy load of our sins that Jesus bowed down in the garden of Gethsemane and prayed with such agony that his that that he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood that were falling to the ground. I'm here to tell you again tonight, no one but Jesus could have carried such a burden. Not for one person, not for two, not for the three disciples that were sleeping, not for the rest of them in Jerusalem. He was doing it for the whole world. Hallelujah. That's why he's able to save to the uttermost. Anybody that will come to Him, uh, I'm here to tell you, uh, if you will make up in your mind uh, that if I can just get to to Jesus, uh, amen, everything is going to be all right. If you inquire of Him, what do you mean inquire of Him? What did He say? Having 100 sheep, uh, if he lose one, doth not he leave the 99 in the wilderness uh, and go after that which is lost uh, until he find it. It wasn't just for a little while. There wasn't a caveat in there that says, well, he'll go look for that that, that sheep, amen, for a day or maybe a few hours or a day or a couple days or after a while. He gives up and just says there's no hope for that sheep. No, he will go looking, amen, and he won't stop until he finds it. And then when he finds it, he doesn't chastise it. Amen. He doesn't give it a what for. He doesn't just lay accusation. No. The Bible said as he found it, he lays it upon his shoulder and he is rejoicing. Come on. Church, I'm telling you right now, that's why every time a sinner repents, amen, we ought to rejoice. Every time somebody comes to the Lord, we ought to rejoice. When somebody goes down in the name of Jesus, we ought to rejoice. Amen. Even if we don't feel like it, we need to rejoice. Why? Because he looked until he found it. Listen, he's glad to carry us. He's glad to carry us. He's glad to safeguard us in the shelter of Shechem. Come on. I'm talking about the six cities of refuge. What do you think you're sitting in tonight? Amen. Yes, this is a building. Amen. Yes, we have wood, stone, and all that. Heat and air and all that. But I'm here to tell you that we need to look at this house of God as a place of refuge. Amen. When we walk in those doors, we are walking into a place of peace, of harmony, of dedication and commitment. Knowing that what we're entering into, amen, is a time where the presence of God can move. The devil would like to tell you that God's given up on you. I'm here to tell you that God will never give up on you. When we talk about our God, we're talking about a a sure thing. We're talking about a strong foundation upon which this church was built on. Amen. He is the tried. He is the precious cornerstone. Amen. That supports the church. Not for just one generation, but from generation to generation. Hey Amen. That's, that's what makes us stable in the day and hour that we live in. When everything in the world seems to shift uh, and everything's quaking uh, and everything's shaking uh, and nobody really knows what to do, uh, amen, but we stand on a sure foundation, uh, amen, Jesus Christ, uh, amen, the chief cornerstone, uh, amen, that makes everything stay sturdy uh, and stable even in the midst uh, of the storms that life brings us. Folks, aren't you glad that we can take all of our cares, all of our worries, all of our burdens, those anxieties. Amen, we can roll into Shechem and just kinda roll those burdens that we've been carrying over onto the shoulders of, of Christ. Aren't you glad that we have a great, big, wonderful God that can handle whatever we load on him? Isaiah prophesied in chapter 9 saying, Unto us, a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Come on. Amen. He was prophesying that. But what at the end of that, what did he end up saying? He ends up saying that the government, everybody say the government, shall be upon his shoulder. It'll be on his shoulder. In other words, my God can bear anything. My God can bear the government. My God can bear the world. My God can bear your sins. Amen. Which are multiple. Amen. He can take care of a multitude of sins. It's by His blood that we receive the remission of sins. Again, the prophet spoke concerning Christ. Over in the 22nd chapter by Isaiah when he said in the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder. So he shall open and none shall shut. And he shall shut none open. And I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place. And he shall be for a glorious throne to his father's house. And they shall hang upon him all the glory of his father's house. Oh, I'm telling you again, none but Jesus, amen, can bear the eternal weight of glory. No mere man can. There is not an atlas, even if he was real, big enough to be able to carry what my God can carry. And what did God say? Sister Blackford, he said, I'm not going to share my glory. I'm not going to give my glory to another. I'm here, to, I'm here to tell you, I don't know what you're carrying tonight, but I'm here, I'm here to tell you tonight before you leave this place, you can roll that off of your shoulder and roll it onto his shoulder. And he will bear that for you. He'll bear that for you. So, Brother Rex, we got the third one here. You put me on the spot the other night. So I, I've, got, I've got my guns on you now. Hebron, that third city of refuge was Hebron. and it and, was and, and it was most of, the, was most of uh, ancient of the Canaanite cities. And, and this first settled this was the first settled home of the patriarchs, and it was located on the peaceful slopes of the southern hills. It was nestled there amid the olive groves and the oaks. It looked down on one of the most fertile valleys in Palestine with its orchards and with its cornfields. Amen. In Hebron, David was appointed king over Israel. John the Baptist, they say, grew up amid its vineyards and its mountain slopes. Hebron means fellowship of friends. Come on. Fellowship of friends. Look at your neighbor right now and say, you're my friend. Now, we won't take two minutes. We won't take four minutes. But turn around to somebody behind you and say, you're my friend. You're my friend. Look, let me stop and tell you, this is important right now. Sin creates a wide gulf between God and man. And when you read the good book, God revealed to Jacob in a dream that the gulf could be bridged. Come on, the gulf. Everybody said the gulf can be bridged. Before I get on a wild tangent here, let me slow down a minute. Hebron means friendship of friends. Let me tell you something right now. Jesus is the true Hebron. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. He said, who were once afar off have been made at nigh. Paul said in Colossians 1, Amen, 20 and 22 to 22. And having made peace through the blood of the cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him. I say whether they be of things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. How? How? in the body of His flesh through death to present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in His sight. I'm here to tell you right now, Amen. There is no way in the world you can ever save yourself. You are on your way to hell. Amen. You will not. You can't. There is no hope, amen, in mankind that can save you. But it's through Jesus Christ and Him alone that you are going to find salvation. Because it's Him through His death that is reconciling the world unto Himself. It's through him that we become members of the family of God Now you know how friendships go in our in our time this is a I'm going to chase a rabbit here in a minute you know how friendships can go man you can have a friend for 50 years and some little thing can happen and all of a sudden you know know you're, 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 you're not friends anymore. That's, that's the one thing that I'm kind of struggling with, with all of this COVID stuff. It bothers me. It bothers me. Because families have been divided. Friends have been lost. Things that would have never, you would have never thought would happen before. But now, it's worked its way in. And families now will not even fellowship with one another and friends will not even fellowship with one another. Amen. Because something's got in their mind about this thing. Not saying that 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 it's that that it's it's not real. It's real. It's very real. Amen. I've had it. Probably a couple times, maybe three, I don't know. And I got the shots and the booster and whatever you whatever you could do, because I'm around a lot of people. So I want to make sure that that they can't walk away and say, the Pastor gave me COVID. But listen to me. Friendships. Friendships. We're talking about when God talks about friendship. And we talk about the body of Christ. I'm telling you what. Those that are in this house right now. You better count them as your friends. <laughs> Brother Howard. Will friends. Fail you sometimes. Yep. Will friends. Sometimes disappoint you? Yep. Well, friends sometimes, uh, amen, uh, uh, get you to a place to where you're about ready to pull your hair out? Yeah. Amen. So will family members. Some of us don't have as much to pull out now. But I'm, I'm here to tell you right now, it should be one of the most cherished things because when you go through uh, a a a time, a valley of your life when you go through something in your life that is difficult, you want a good friend by you And not just a friend that is a friend uh, as far as the world is concerned, but a friend that knows how to pray. A friend that can tell you uh, in a time of need uh, when you don't feel like coming to church, uh, hey, you need to come to church. I'll sit with you. Uh, Amen. We're going to get through this together. Uh, We're going to worship God together. We're going to pray together. We're going to see this thing through together. That's what true friends are. Woo, somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's through him we become members of the family of God and our fellowship with him and he calls us. I want you to be my friend, but I'm more concerned whether or not he's my friend. But I kind of think that if he's my friend and I'm his friend, then we're going to be friends. Right? Oh, somebody say hallelujah. What, what, what's the scripture say, you know, back, in, and I use this in, uh, in weddings, but, but uh, when, when uh, God made uh, Eve and, 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 you know, he had, he had Adam and then he felt sorry for Adam, so he put him to sleep uh, and uh, took, a, took a, a, a rib out and he fashioned the woman and, and, uh, and he woke him up and said, hey, Adam, what do you think? And he was like, whoa, man. <laughs> woo, this is the greatest of all the creations, God. Man, this one here, woo, lights out. Whoa, man! Hey, amen. And so he said, "We are bone." He said, "Bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh." She shall be called woman because she was taken out. Man, hey, amen. Let me tell you something right now. Your relationship with God—you are bone on bone, and you are bone. You are flesh, flesh. I'm here to tell you right now: you are. He's in you. You're in Him. Come on, somebody say hallelujah! In fact. In fact, John wrote these words concerning him. He said, that which, that, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. See, the cities of refuge were inhabited by Levites, the priesthood. Amen. And if I might say, they are a type of the ministry that you have today in church. And let me caution. I caution us to be on guard because the enemy of our soul, the devil, slew fit, amen, whatever you want to call him, amen, tries his utmost to entice those who have put their trust in Christ to leave the protective custody of the apostles' fellowship, amen, sometimes you can hear a rumor about a fellow saint, amen, as a ruse, he'll put it out there to get you to stop serving God. Do you know evil spirits look for saints who are, who are touchy and easily offended? Come on, look at your friend. It's your friend now, remember? It's your friend. Look at your friend and say, are you easily offended? Did they answer you? How many can say today, though, you you don't have to raise your hand, but acknowledge within yourself that, you know, I've been in that place before where I've been offended. Right? I think all of us can probably say we have been there one time or another when we have been offended. Well, I'm going to tell you something, Brother Howard. I don't let it lay in, my, I it lay in there. I, I don't give it a moment. Uh, hey Amen, I start talking to God. I say, God, this can't stay in my, in my spirit. This can't get in my, in my life. Uh, hey Amen, I, I can't let bitterness get, uh, get, uh, start growing in my life. Uh, uh, God, take it out of my heart, Lord. Get it out of my mind. I can't let it be there. It can't lay there. Especially if it's my friend. See, the enemy preys upon those who are not altogether committed to remain in fellowship with the body of Christ, with the ministry, with the church. He targets them. He looks for them. He looks for them. Everybody turn to your friend again and say, he's looking for you. He's looking for that little moment in your life. He's looking for that shortcoming. Folks, let me stop. Can I say this tonight? Coming to church is very important. Even when we don't feel like it, coming to church is very important. Now I know some of our minds started wondering right now. i seen the little bubbles above your head. They started wondering with that comment. I know there's extenuating circumstances. I know people work. I know people get sick. I know all that stuff. What I'm saying, I know people go on vacation. I know all that. But I'm saying, when you're around here, church should be at the top of the list. I'm going to church. I'm going to Bible study. I'm going to prayer. I'm going to whatever, you know. I'm I'm going to be a part of this thing. Why? Because I need as much of it as I can get. And I need the fellowship with my friends. Because the Bible says those who forsake the assembling of themselves. In fact, the Bible says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. Amen. Amen. But for those those who forsake the assembling of themselves together with those of like precious faith. May very well, very well miss out on something that would otherwise strengthen their soul. You may not feel like it. You may feel like I'm just going to stay home tonight. But I'm going to challenge each and every one of us. We need to come to a place where we say, you know what? I'm going to be in the house of God. If I have to be a doorkeeper, I'm going to be a doorkeeper. If I have to be a worshiper, I'm going to be a worshiper. If I'm just going to be there with everybody else, with my friends, and raise my hand as a congregation with one another as we just begin to lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, I'm going to be there because I'm expecting God to strengthen me. Why? Why is it so important, pastor? Because the enemy's out there lurking, uh, amen, roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. He's out there on the sidelines somewhere hoping that you will get so caught up with your job, your hobbies, your pleasures, your problems, your carnal activities, that you in time will neglect this great salvation. Folks, I'm going to tell you something right now. If you're thinking about backsliding right now, you are nuts. You're crazy. This is not the day to backslide. This is not the day to walk away from God. Amen. You might be having problems in your, in your relationship between you and God. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Amen. The house of God is not one of those things that you just need to say, well, I don't feel like it tonight because da-da-da-da-da-da-da. No. Even if you don't feel like it, let me say it again. You need to get to the house of God. Amen. Forsake not the assembling of yourself together. Because we know in this day and time, Churches are giving up a lot of stuff. They're going more towards the the, 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 the carnal stuff and and, and, and all that kind of thing uh, to satisfy and to keep people coming to their church. I'm here to tell you right now, amen, what's going to keep people coming to church is a move of God. (laughs) Brother Tyler, if if I've got to entice you to come to church, uh, amen, because of this activity or that activity uh, or another one, which are fine, amen, but if that's all we're coming to church for, we have missed the boat, uh, amen, but if we come, uh, amen, with our mindset uh, that I'm coming to the house of God, and my first priority is to get in the Spirit of God so God can strengthen me. All right, I'll leave that alone. Joshua 20 and verse 8, and on the other side of Jordan, by Jericho eastward, there was a sign Bezer in the wilderness of the plain from the tribe of Reuben. Now, Bezer was a well fortified city that was set apart by Moses as a place of refuge for the Reubenites. Bezer was located in the, in the plain country or tableland east of the Jordan. Now, the Hebrew word Bezer means strong. It has reference to someone or something that is well fortified. Everybody say, well fortified. Now, we don't go to Nahum that often, but let's go to Nahum tonight. Nahum, the first chapter, verse 6 and 7, reveals two distinct characteristics of the Lord that give us a balanced perspective of Him. Notice what it says. Verse 6 says, who can stand before His indignation? And who can abide in the fierceness of His anger? His fury is poured out like fire, and the rocks are thrown down by Him. Verse 7 says, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust him. He said, look, you trust me, I'll make sure you're well fortified. You trust me, it's all going to be okay, right? Amen. Amen. I'm going to be your stronghold in the day of trouble. Whatever you're going through, whatever valley it is, whatever storm it is, I I will be your stronghold. Trust me. Come on, tell him right now. Just tell him, I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. You are my stronghold. And no matter what I'm going through right now, amen, I've got confidence in you. Everything's going to be okay. Psalm 57.1, be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me for my soul thirsts in you. And in the shadow of your wings, I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed away. Come on, somebody say, Pastor, hurry up. Yeah. See, Jesus is not only our Kadesh or our holy place. He is our Shechem, he's our burden bearer, he's our Hebron, he is our friend, a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, he's our Bezer, a fortified place. Hebrews 6, 18, 19, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, We might have strong consolation who have, notice, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Verse 19. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. An anchor for the soul, both sure and steadfast. I'm telling you, when the winds get rocking. When the waves get boisterous, amen. when the storms are rolling, it's good to have that anchor in our life. It's good to know that we are tethered to Christ. See, there is a strong sense of security that comes to those who are in Christ and who are bound to Him eternally by this Strong cord of love. The next city appointed for a person that was in trouble to flee to was Ramoth. Everybody say Ramoth. There's something about it. I'm hurrying. Ramoth and Gilead out of the tribe of Gad. When you look at the word, Ramoth, it, it, it signifies exalted or a, a valued high place or special position. What does the Bible say about the Lord? For wherefore God hath highly exalted him, who? Christ. And given him a name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee, it's going to bow. Oh, somebody say Hallelujah. You see, because when you look at the life of Christ, once he was lowly, once he was despised, once he was, uh, w- w- was, was rejected, once he was crucified, once he was slain, but, but, but then God exalted him, and he is our what? Prince of Peace. Yes. Amen. He is our Savior. Yes. He's our Redeemer. Yes. Let me add to that, and he's our soon-coming King. Angels worship Him. Seraphims adore Him. Saints praise Him. Amen. We magnify Him together as friends. When you're weary and low place in life, look up. When you think you've hit the bottom, get up again. Because God will make your feet like honey's feet and allow you to walk on the high places. Amen. We need to see our true position in, in Jesus Christ. Amen. Because the scripture declares that he has seated us together with him in heavenly places. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. And the next city was Golan, situated in Bashan in the tribe of in the tribe of Manasseh. And the word Golan is joy. I get joy when I think about what is done for me. We don't sing that song anymore. I get joy when I think about how He set me free. Come on, how many gets that kind of joy when you think about it? Come on, hey Amen. Through the course of the day, if you're working somewhere and all of a sudden you're you're thinking about things and it may not be going that well, and you just break out in that course and do your little jig there by your by your line or wherever you're at, I get joy when I think about. It. Now they might ha- they might come and, and and put you in a straitjacket and send you out, but. Because when you are without joy or happiness I'm here to tell you tonight we have a God that you can flee to and find that joy unspeakable and full of glory. He is our chief joy. Why? Because in His presence we have fullness of joy. Behold Cried the heralding angel, I bring you good tidings of great joy. There is joy in the presence of the angels. Mm -hmm. Every time somebody repents, there's joy. Wouldn't it be neat to just see their rejoicing for just a moment in time when somebody repents? Wouldn't it be great if all of a sudden you could see the angelic host as they Begin to rejoice over one. Sometimes we're like, well, it was just one. I'd like to see 10 or 50 or 100. Why don't we just look at it this way, one at a time. You'll get there. You'll get there one at a time. You'll get there. But I want to see the angels rejoice. And then we need to make up our mind. We are not going to allow them to out-rejoice us. Friends. Oh man. How much more should we rejoice with the exceeding great joy every time somebody See what you realize when somebody repents. They are humbling themselves. In the presence of the Lord. With godly sorrow for the sin that is in their life. You know, that's hard for some people to make that step. Pride, different things, not ready to, whatever, whatever it is. But when they do, and they humbly bow before King of kings and the Lord of Lords. And and notice many fiery tries will try us. Amen. But rejoice in as much as we are partakers of his sufferings. For why? For the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. Be faithful until you hear him say, Enter into the joy of your Lord. You see, God, God designed the church to be a city of refuge where the hurting and abused of this world can come and find peace and find safety. Those who've already found shelter, amen, uh, you know, uh, that, that in, in a lot of different places where it, it it wasn't able to help them, but yet I'm here to tell you tonight, if you can come to church and get in the presence of God, amen, everything is going to change in your life. Yeah, you still may walk through some of that, but he's going to give you that. You know, when you go, when the paramedic comes or the you go to the emergency room or whatever, they do what they know to do to patch you up. Hey, church, we need to know what to do, uh, amen, to help the world get patched up when they come into the house of God. Let me ask you something tonight. What would it be like if somebody who was sick or involved in an accident went to the emergency room, but nobody was available or cared enough to give them the attention that they needed? Just doesn't that bug you, you know, when you go to places like that, it's just almost like you're just another number? We'll get to you. Because you know what? When we all go, Sister Danielle, everybody comes to the ER, they think their problem is worse than anybody else's problem. Right? That's right. But here, as they're caring for you, and they're trying to help you along the way. I like those nurses and those doctors that that come and they they look at us Brother Howard, and you know they're attentive and they're listening and they're acknowledging, and and then they try to give you a path or a a, a you know something that will help you along the way. I'm here to tell you, folks. Let me tell you right now, Amen. You know, people like that, they're not going to make it. If there's sick folks that go there. They may not make it if that's the case. But I'm here to tell you, the church ought not to be known throughout the community as one that don't pay attention to people. Hey Amen. I'm telling you what, I hear people come in. Uh, they'll go to other churches and they'll say, you know what? Hey Amen. Nobody acknowledged me. Nobody said hi to me. I came and I left and was not recognized by anybody. Folks, that should not be true tabernacle. From the time they come in that door and they take a seat, the time they get up and they leave, uh, amen, there ought to be several people that have said something to them. Now, you don't have to talk their ear off, okay? Just just for your information. Be a friend, but not a friend, where you're just going to just kind of talk about everything. But people are looking for that when they come into the house of God. They're looking for that. They're looking for if you care about them. Do you care about the hurting humanity? Man, how often it would be. How awful it would be. I'm done. I'm going to quit. Sister, if you'll come, I'll quit. She was standing up there for a while back here, so thinking I was about done and I fooled her every time. See, we got to be careful how we treat people who enter into the sanctuary. When these people entered into the cities of refuge, hey, man. There was, they were attentive. They cared. What's your problem? Why are you here? Amen. Well, this happened. Okay. Well, this is what we're going to do. Amen. As long as you stay in here, Amen, you will be fine. But if you go back out those doors, we can't guarantee your safety. This might take some time, but you got to be willing to spend the time. You got to be willing to stay for a while. You got to be willing. And then. And then we're gonna have whatever it is, you'll be able to state your case. But here, let me tell you something tonight. We need to come to the place, Amen, to where we say, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it everything I've got. Amen. I'm gonna be a part of this this church. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna be present here, and I want God to understand that I desire to be in His presence. Amen. I'm gonna pray for my friends. I'm not gonna stab them in the back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna work for spiritual leadership in my life. And and I want to be what God desires for me. Let's stand together. A city of refuge. Something special, folks. Out of 48 cities, they chose six. And it was those six cities that you could go to. I wonder tonight, I don't know what, you're, you know what you have going on in your life, but as they sing something right now, I'm going to open these altars. And why don't you come and just raise your hands. Amen. Whatever. And you just begin to talk to the Lord and appeal to Him and say, God, hey amen, I need some refuge tonight. Lord, help me to be what I need to be where I can also offer a refuge for somebody else, a friend. In Jesus' name. Can we do that right now? Amen. Amen. Praise God. In fact, let's raise our hands for a moment, Lord. Amen. Your presence is in this place tonight. We're entertaining your presence, Lord Jesus, in this service. Whatever somebody's going through right now, Lord, speak to them.